Hi, welcome to today's episode. Today we're joined by Jamie Prouting to talk all things sweet. Jamie is from the Cake Eating Company based in Christchurch and she's here to share her story of how she grew her business through word of mouth in the aftermath of the Christchurch earthquake. In 11 years she's built her successful business making cakes, desserts and other mouth-watering treats and has become a supplier of all these delicious goodies to people in Christchurch and the wider community. The mum of one runs the business with her husband and has learned many lessons through running company and she's here today to share her journey about creating a business from scratch which stems back to a childhood dream. Hi Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you going down there in Christchurch? Good, thank you. Nice and warm on a sunny day. Oh, fantastic. And you're not in lockdown, so that must, at this current time, hopefully you won't be, but you must be enjoying all the freedoms that come with that. Yeah, it's a lot nicer to be able to leave the house and send my son to school and all those things. Yeah, fantastic. Awesome. And so before we start, are you actually from Christchurch originally? Uh, no, I was born in Wellington, but then we moved to Greymouth mm. when I was six and then to Christchurch when I was 12. So I've spent most of my life here, but wow. not originally. In Greymouth, that's quite an um, unusual place to be brought up. It's not, I don't meet a lot of people who are brought up there, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get back there very often? Uh, no, we don't really have a lot of connections to Greymouth, but it was really nice. So I was there 6 to 12 years old, and it was a perfect, like, small town, lived on the coast, like, next to the beach. We could do whatever we wanted. Not the kind of childhood that I think you could have in a city, so that was really, like, perfect age to be there absolutely and out in nature on the west coast as well it's beautiful so talk us through what what took you down to Christchurch then um so my parents moved over here when I was 12 Mm -hmm. and then so that was for educational opportunities so that was really cool and good and gave me the options to whatever I wanted when I was older than being in a smaller town yeah absolutely great so you're so you've i guess created your life there and um there's a story that i read on your website that goes back to when you were the age of eight um when you clearly weren't living in christchurch but you must have had big dreams and ambitions for your business and your future so can you tell me about that what were you what were you thinking of what were you creating when you were an eight-year-old kid I used to make a lot of 3D mock-ups of cardboard boxes. Of, um, so I kind of dream of being an architect and a chef. So I'd build these massive constructions and then I built a restaurant one day and I decided I'd call it Jamie's. And I did, um, I planned it all out. I had a separate room out the back for my parents to eat in because I didn't want them to be seen by the public. And I um, worked out a wage list. So I was paying my waitress at $800 an hour as well. So wow. <laughs> Can I get a job there? <laughs> Amazing. Right. So you had this big vision to create a restaurant with under your name, Jamie's. Yeah. And pay pay your waitresses eight hundred dollars an hour. And and your mum was still working was she working there as well, did you say? Uh, no, she wasn't working. There was a room for when my mum and dad wanted to come in and support us, they'd just be dining at the back because I didn't want like the public to see my parents there, but it'd be more fun. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. And this is actually an actual mock-up that you had in your house when you were a kid. Yeah, I built lots of them. So there was one that was allowed to stay around for a while as well. Fantastic. So what do you think then, um, I guess, caused you to have that, that, that ambition at that young age about uh, working in a restaurant or running a food place? 
Um, I always loved cooking. And that couple, I set fire to the oven a couple of times. And I always make chaos, but I love doing things and I love being busy. And that was a perfect combination for me, creating food. Everyone loves it. Yeah. It's nice to get people together. Yeah. Great. And so basically you're telling me that from a young age, you, you knew what career path you wanted to follow. For the most part, when I got to high school, I um, dilly-dallied around a little bit more and I decided that I wanted to do something um, more academic. But then uh, I was away for a year after high school and I had to pick what I was going to do when I came back. And I was like, I should just do something that I really love instead of doing something that I think I should do. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good lesson in that actually for a lot of people to make the choice earlier on than later yeah okay so and then um i understand that you what got your first job working in kitchens at the age of 16. Uh, yeah so i worked as a kitchen hand at a restaurant so it wasn't a restaurant but uh that was an interesting insight and i can still do dishes faster than anybody else i know so that's a good perk to have from that amazing yeah and, um, then uh, when I started Apologic, I started in uh, restaurant kitchens as a pommy chef and then worked my way up. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Oh, great. So that's a great kind of, um, I guess, build up to where you are today. Um, but let's go back to, I guess, you, you know, Christchurch. There was an, a terrible earthquake, obviously, that really changed Christchurch in 2010. Um, your career really took a turn at that point, didn't it? So. Can you explain, you know, what were you doing prior to the earthquake in terms of work? And then how did your career path change? Um, so it started in restaurant kitchens and then I was working as a chocolate and pastry chef. And then the earthquakes happened. And so a lot of that kind of work is in restaurants and larger hotels. And there weren't a lot of hotels that were still functioning at all restaurants mm. fully functioning. Like you can list, um, if you're in Christchurch, then you can kind of list like five to ten restaurants that could still operate mm. because they like were absolutely booming and packed out the whole time because that's all that there was. Um, and we also actually lost our house in the earthquake. Oh, no. So there was like, a lot happening and I had to go back to Maine's work. So doing like a normal standard restaurant. Okay. As a chef. Yep. And so on the side, like it was a really stressful time. So I started making cakes and things like that on the side to give me something to do that was something to look forward to and enjoy mm, and a nice creative outlet i bet as well yep and then what happened from that with word of mouth did people just see your cakes and go can we buy one can we order one or how did it grow from there uh yeah we're pretty much being word of mouth the whole time in your yeah. classic way where it's family and friends and then it goes out from there and it, because I was working full time as well, there wasn't as much pressure on it to do anything. So I could do things that I wanted to do and mm. grow it that way. Mm. So basically, um, did you take commissions from people that you knew that you were like, hey, can you make us a birthday cake for our child? Or can you make us a wedding cake? And then that just, yes. yeah. Great. So how many years ago was that? So that was 2010. And now we're talking, you know, 11 years down the line and you run a beautiful business called the Cake Eating Company, which is in Christ, obviously based in Christchurch. You have a storefront and you sell online yep. as well. So you've come a long way. Um, so 
tell me about the business now. Like who works in it? Um, how does it, how does it operate? Do you get any days off? Cause I can imagine it's an all encompassing <laughs> type of role. Yeah. Um, so it's myself and my husband and then we've got two nieces working for us. So one works full time and one works part time when she um, studies at universities so and she's back for holidays and summer, which is nice because that's when we're busier. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my husband came, well, he likes to call himself the first employee because I'd make him do any job I didn't want to do. Okay. And then like, you can do this now. Yeah. But then he did, um, in 2014, when we were in our shop, it wasn't quite at the point where we could have had two employees, but I was like working too much. He calls himself a um, pack mule and I'm a workhorse. So I'll just like work myself to the ground. Yeah. But then he's like, I'm just going to come along so that you can slow down because I'll be there to slow you down. So he right. came on and then um, last year we hired our other niece full time. So she's got a business degree and she does the administrative and mm. online stuff that mm. I don't have the patience or technical know-how to do for the most part. Okay, fantastic. So does she run your social media pages as well? Yeah. So if it's a real family business then, and I'm not, based in Christchurch. I've been to Christchurch. We've got great friends in Christchurch. It's a great place. And it's got a really nice community feel. So I can imagine that your business um, is quite uh, well known now, would you say, in the community? People know to come to you? Or is it still something that you're working on, building up that that brand awareness? Um, probably medium-ish, if that makes sense. So where we've chosen to locate our shop is on a back street just south of the CBD, okay. which for us, that's what we like because it's easy to get to and it's just not like a high street main like big in your face location it's like a little bit off the beat of path and a little bit more if you know to go there a little bit like a bespoke spot and if people yeah hear about you cool great so tell me um jamie what have been like some of the most um rewarding moments for you as you as you've watched this business grow over the years um, having, being able to have staff that you can pay properly and pay yourself at the same time is probably like the biggest, it's just really exciting to mm. grow from something that's nothing. Um, and then when, um, earlier on when we started our shop, uh, we uh, took over a pre-existing shop that we ran for a little bit. And our health inspector came in one day for our annual inspection and she asked why we hadn't rebranded the shop yet because she's like, your cakes, like, why would you not be pushing your cakes more? And I was like, wow, the health inspector who sees all these places all the time because I I'm, I guess it's a New Zealand thing or just a person thing in general, like you lack confidence mm. in yourself. So like struggling to be like, yes, I can do this and this is great, but having somebody just say that to you that sees things and they're not biased Mm. towards you. It was also a really exciting, in a weird way, moment. So was that a pivotal point for you when you went, right, I am going to focus on my cakes. I'm really going to own them and be proud of them and push them and not be maybe not hiding, you know, putting them out there a little bit more than what you were. Definitely. Yeah. And that's when we, um, we changed our whole website that year and everything. It was a big, like, push to do all those things to yeah. own it. 
Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, your website just makes me so hungry. <laughs> so everything <laughs> looks, looks so gorgeous and just, uh, you've just got such a natural flair for, for decorating cakes and um, tell us about some of the other products that you guys do as well. Um, so we also do uh, things like dessert bars. So that's the parties or weddings and you can go on and we've got on our website. It's a DIY dessert bar where we've got all the different items you can pick and choose and make your own thing. We, um, after the COVID last year, we launched a nationwide shipping item, which is our brownie boxes, which are little pun messages. So that you're one in a melon and melon candies and mm. things like that. And uh, we've also got, at the same time, we started our same day shipping items, so they're within Christchurch, but they, they are ideal for, we've noticed a big pickup in people from different parts of the country or overseas that can't get back to family and friends and just want to send something mm. nice for a gift, like, I don't know if they're like me, and they have to get something for a birthday, and they need to order something on that day. That would go down really well. That's a really good offering. So you've just evolved as, I guess, <clears throat> The, the circumstances around us and the global events and here in New Zealand have evolved. It's, you know, it's been like that from, from day one, I suppose, with the earthquake um, and then going off and doing, creating the business organically. And now, you know, you're responding to, I suppose, what happened last year with the lockdown. How can people get gifts to people without actually physically being there and you're on the ground in Christchurch and you can get them made and delivered. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's, it's good. I like, because, like I've always had like business plans and things like that, but the flexibility to be able to move in different directions when you need to is always positive. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that run, run their own business or are thinking about starting a business. If you could look back on what you've learned over the years, and we've talked about a couple of these things today, but what would you say have been your biggest lessons and learnings in running this business, and how can you kind of impart that knowledge onto others? Um, confidence is probably the first thing, uh, is to back yourself more. Like, you can tell if you're onto something good, I think, pretty early on, and so you should be more confident to go with it. Um, we switched accountants around a couple of times and we've ended up with an amazing accountant. And because I didn't have a background in anything financial or business or anything like that, I didn't realize how important mm. that was. And that like was transformative as well for us to properly understand mm. all of that side of things. Absolutely. That's something that I struggled with <laughs> as well. So I completely <laughs> relate to that. And it was um, not until I got a great accountant and then went on zero that I really got on top of my accounts. <laughs> and I think, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And that's just like the kind of the main thing that you need to know in a business. But a lot of people just yeah. are focused on actually doing the business and not focusing on that. So great that you got that guidance early on and that really helped you because, um, yeah, I suppose a lot of businesses fail because they don't have that great accounting advice. Yeah, because um, I think New Zealand's the easiest place to open a business in the world. I think we've got one step, which is just like registering your business, whereas other countries have more. So, so the entry bar is so low to start it, but without using the right people and we don't, if you're just starting something without that background, you don't know what the numbers need, what your returns and yeah. all of that has to do with anything. So using the right people for the right jobs is very important. Yeah. And have you had a mentor along the way? Have you had anyone like are your parents, entrepreneurs, any of your friends? Who do you turn to for advice? 
Um, I haven't had anyone like in the beginning. And then, so I found like self-employment really isolating. And then over time, like in the wedding industry, that's a really big part of our business. I slowly made friends and connections with other small business owners there. And that was a really important thing for me because as I became closer friends with those people, I can have conversations with them about like, I'm really struggling with this, or I could have paid myself this week and then go, oh my God, I know how that feels. And you don't realize that people are struggling because you just see the blitz and the glam on social media mm. and all that sort of thing that you don't appreciate that. So that was really big. And now over time, like I've got friends that run their own businesses that are in different fields as well. So it's, yeah. I didn't have somebody initially, but now I have a good group of self-employed people that I really trust and their opinions mean a lot to me yeah it's really important to find your tribe and um and I found the same thing early on in business to have those self-employed friends that you can just bounce ideas off and call if you're having a bad day or ring when you win a new client you know so that's so cool so I just want to go back to your husband and you mentioned that you guys have a child as well one or two I've got one got one nine-year-old boy Right. So how has it been working in this business with your husband and also having a child that you guys are bringing up? Like, it sounds like you're, you're spending a lot of time together, working together. Um, what is the key to making that work? Um, we talk a lot. He likes to say I talk too much, but I think he talks equally as much because we're like, it's a public holiday. So I'm here by myself today and he's at home with our son. So we get like two or three days away from each other each week, but the rest of the time, like we're always around each other. And I think just being able to be very honest without being negative. Yeah. It's probably like obviously because it's quite like every job stressful and a lot of our stuff's like around deadlines and better weekly and like, short occurring. And so like Fridays and Saturdays, everyone's a little bit more like highly strung. So mm. Just so, being able to appreciate each other and yeah. be honest about our feelings is good. Communication is the most important thing. So I guess that means you guys don't get many days off. <laughs> if you want to go away for Christmas or like, are there any times of the year that you can just shut down the business and have some time to yourselves? Um, yeah, so we closed down between uh, Christmas running to about middle of January. And so that was always um, a time that we closed down for because it's a time that people accept that you can be away for. Yeah. Um, so we uh, have that. And then we started this year for the first time. We closed for the long weekend of Easter. And that was really nice as well. Kind of like a little of the year break. Good on you. You have to put that time in and make yourself feel sane, don't you? So, yeah. Hey, I just want to ask you, because I know that you use really top quality ingredients in your products. You're We're talking about, you know, delicious, I don't know, Belgian chocolate, Tongan vanilla, New Zealand fresh butter. Um, and then obviously all the creations that you come up with, what inspires those creations? Like, have you guys spent time overseas traveling and, you know, going to France and trying all the pastries or where do you get all that inspiration from? Anywhere around you is inspirational. I've traveled a little bit, but not really to conventional, um, like pastry countries. So I used to live in uh, Brazil for a short time and then I've been to India and we make our own uh, chai syrup and things like that. So, like, the different flavors. Nice. Yeah. So, how do you think, I guess in a general sense, 
how do you think New Zealanders go when it comes to being adventurous about different flavors and different baking? Pretty reluctant, I would say. So uh, 2009, I was working as a chocolatier and we had salted caramel chocolates and salted caramel so every day now, mm. but we would get people multiple times a day being like, that's disgusting in our shop. And it's so funny because, I mean, like, but that's 12 years and it's not a massive time, but it's also, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. People, and you like, we're just a bit reluctant to try new things sometimes, but it's mm. fine. I think we find that, um, like when our customers trust us, they're more likely to try something a little bit different. Awesome. And so what is your like best selling cake? A best selling flavor. cake would flavor. probably, flavor, um, uh, lemon, raspberry, and passion fruit cake. That's probably the best seller. Wow. I'm surprised about that, actually. I would have thought it would be a standard um, mud, you know, chocolate mud cake. Uh, it used to be a chocolate mud cake, but I think over time um, people's preferences have changed. So we chocolate mud cake and then we do uh, chocolate with peanut butter and caramel cake. And then that was like the thing everybody got. And now it's like more light fruity flavors. Right. I guess that's kind of like palette trends yes interesting oh that's so cool jamie like i'm yeah i'm feeling like i need to go and order something from your website because my mouth is watering <laughs> right now um but look anyway let's let's just um before we go it'd be awesome to find out where people can go to connect with you and and if you can just give us your website and any social media pages that you're on because i know you're really you're really big on instagram um yep so social media handles at the cake eating co for um Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, all of those. And then uh, on TikTok too, actually. Um, and then it's just www.pakingpo.co.nz. Fantastic. Well, next time I'm down in Christchurch, I will be sure to pop in and enjoy some treats. Perfect. We'll look forward to seeing you. Yeah. Lovely to have you on the show. That's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.